We are live. All right. So welcome everybody back to Mormon Talk. We're actually going to record our first podcast here that actually has a topic. Imagine that. Um, Our first kind of intro episode that you may have listened to. Hopefully you listened to it. Was kind of just an introduction. Hey, this is what the podcast is about. Welcome to Mike. Welcome to Dave. This is our background in Mormonism. Just kind of high level, give you a sort of a level set of what we're trying to do. This episode, we want to talk about something that we have titled, Is Your God Schizophrenic? Sounds kind of crazy, I know. Uh, but just to kick it off, and then, you know, I know both Dave and I are going to have a lot to say on this, and this might turn into a, a, a two-parter if it if it needs to, and that's fine. If not, whatever. Um, just to kind of introduce why that title. So in Mormonism, and certainly not just in Mormonism, that goes for a lot of the stuff we're going to be talking about on this podcast, but we're focusing on... Mormonism and and the way it works and how it damages people and and does things. Um, A big concept that's important to Mormonism is this concept of continuing revelation. So, quick story there, right? Uh, God evidently is the author or the source behind the Bible for lay Christianity across the world. The biggest belief in lay Christianity is that's it. You got the Bible, that's the Word of God. It's the unerrant Word of God, by the way, which is problematic, but we'll talk about that later. Anyway, um, that's it. God doesn't talk to us anymore. That's all the Word you need. It's complete. So a big difference in Mormonism against lay Christianity is the belief that that revelation continues. So God gave other scripture. He continues to call these men that the church calls prophets, prophets, seers, and revelators. And they continue to talk with God, literally, receive his will as the prophets of old, if you will, and disseminate that to the members of the church. So you have this concept of continuing revelation. And why the title of this episode, this podcast, is as the church prophets have done that, starting with Joseph Smith, going all the way to today, we see a huge disparity in what the members are supposed to perceive is the will of God, the doctrine, his desire for his church, the rules and guidelines that he wants you to follow. These are not consistent. And so thus the title is your God schizophrenic. Is God always changing his mind? Because alongside this doctrine in the church is also the teaching that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Very biblical, right? He doesn't change his mind. He sees the past, present, and future, so there's no need for him to change his mind, right? Like if he knows something's coming in 10 or 20 or 100 years, he's going to teach a doctrine that's consistent and eternal. It's not going to change. And that's hugely important in the LDS doctrine. So you have these two things fighting each other. You have this supposed eternal doctrine from God. His teachings never change about specific topics, but they have to his prophets. So, oh, was he lying? 
or is he schizophrenic, right? And and there's the topic. Yeah. And Dave, I'll stop babbling for a second. Well, he's not schizophrenic. He just changes his mind a lot. So he <laughs> is she, is what you're saying. Oh, to the female listeners, I apologize. Well, that was, you know, and another issue came up as you were describing that about free will. If he knows what the hell's going on yesterday, uh-huh. today, and tomorrow. Right. How much are we operating under a system of free will here? I mean, why why didn't he just just run us through the shoot and take us all back home? So oh, to speak? right, right. So this concept I mean, of it's, if he already knows what we're going to choose, why are right. we even doing this? Yeah, yeah, that's a kind of a separate topic, but it's a good point. Yeah. So yeah. is he schizophrenic, or are men making it up as they go along? Right. Uh, that seemed to be what's happening here. And it, as you study this, uh, when I say this, I mean the doctrines of the Church, the teachings, um, they're a product of their time. So the obvious one, most glaring, would be the priesthood issue with the blacks. Yes. Uh, where we had a huge amount of uh, uh, racism back when... Uh, that started happening in the church because originally the blacks were not kept from the priesthood. And then mm-hmm. as the racist uh, leaders took over, they were excluded. And then of course, 78, well, God's changing his mind. And, uh, I don't think we still know how many people were really conflicted. I can remember grandpa, our grandfather, uh, hey, who used the last N-word names. quite frequently. <laughs> and so I would have to say he was somewhat racist. And I can remember him, not verbally so much, but he was he was having trouble with it when that happened. So oh, yeah. now we have to, it's, it becomes a personal issue. How much do I believe in God, or is that mm-hmm. the issue? Or, or is the issue, how much do I believe in these men who say they are speaking for God? Yeah, and I think you've pointed out something pretty solid there, Dave, is you've got a choice that members have to make. Okay, And, and I've got a thought on the black priesthood issue, too, in a second. But So either God is not really talking through these guys, right? And they're making all these mistakes because, oh, even though they're a prophet, they're still fallible. That's another thing that, you know, the leaders like to say in the church. But that conflicts with the teaching that they've always also taught. When these men are speaking as the prophet in that office, in that responsibility, right, in front of the church, at the pulpit, they are speaking for God, so you have this conflict of, okay, when is he speaking as a prophet, and when is he speaking as a man? And I thought that every time he spoke at the pulpit in front of the church, whether he says a phrase like, thus saith the Lord, right, which they never say anymore, uh, or not, he's speaking for God, right? And so you've got this disparity, and so churches have to, churches, the members have to decide, okay, well, on the one hand, okay, he's at the pulpit, so he's definitely speaking for God. So God is racist, and he was so 
for many decades, really the bulk of the life of the church. And then in 1978, he decided to tell the prophet, okay, I'm not going to be racist anymore. You know, the blacks can have the priesthood. So that's one scenario. The other scenario is, yeah, yeah, we were wrong about this thing that when the prophet speaks at the pulpit, he is definitely speaking for God. He can still be speaking at a, as a man at the pulpit. Well, that's problematic as well, because then you're back to, okay, the prophet just gave an interesting talk. Is that God's will or not? How do you know? Right? Well, and, and they throw it in your lap, Mm-hmm. And you become the issue as a member. You're the issue. It's not whether they're correct or not. It's whether or not you're able to discern mm-hmm. whether it's the truth or not. And if you're not, you're obviously not living uh, enough, you know, a worthy life. You're not <laughs> praying enough. You're probably not paying enough tithing. Yeah. You're not going to the temple enough. And uh, if you were doing all those things and increase those things, it would be very clear to you. Uh, what's happening at the pulpit. Sure. You know, they sure. throw it back on you every time. They do. So. They do. And again, um, you know, you can look at some interesting examples if we stick on this blacks having the priesthood topic for a moment longer. So the church recently did this big kind of celebration thing called B1 last year. And it was all about commemorating... So it was 2018, right? So what, 8, 9, 10, 40 years after the blacks got the priesthood officially. Right. And so they had this big commemoration thing. Dallin H. Oak spoke at that, and I'm going to, in a future episode, probably play some excerpts from that for everybody. But if you weren't able to see that or listen. At one point in the talk, he says, uh, look, none of the reasons for the blacks not having the priesthood at that time in the church before 1978, he he didn't believe in any of those reasons. And that's a yes, huge... Yes, I believe I saw this talk. Air attack. Part, part of it, yeah. Siren, right? I mean, that's uh-huh. like, okay, wait a minute. At the time, I think he was... He held a pretty high office. I think he was like president of BYU at the time or something like that. High up in the church, high up in the hierarchy, right? Should have been living like you just described, right? Very worthy man. After all, he was going to become an apostle later. So very worthy guy. Telling us that none of the things that the prophet or the lead, other leaders of the church at that time said about why the blacks weren't, didn't have the priesthood, he didn't believe in any of that. <laughs> That's a little problematic. Well, maybe he shouldn't have been made an apostle. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, if you don't believe the brethren, right? And then he goes on to say, even though I personally didn't believe the reasons they were giving, here's the important thing. I followed it anyway. Because loyalty to the brethren is Mm -hmm. more important than anything else, including the truth. And that's a topic by itself that we can... And if that becomes an issue of judgment yeah. used amongst the members of the church where they 
look at each other and say, well, you know, I'm just a little more obedient than you. When they said one earring, I immediately went home and (laughs) threw all my other earrings away. (laughs) And you didn't, so, you know, I don't want to brag, but I'm probably just a little more spiritual than you are. And, I mean, yeah. every every single issue in the church becomes one that's used <laughs> as a tool of judgment, where yeah. we can uh, yeah, parade our topic, our, right? Judging among the I, membership. I, so the woman who would later become my wife was sitting in that audience when the prophet I don't know, was it Kimball or Hinckley? Hinckley, maybe. It was, that would have been Kimball in '78. No, I mean uh, the earrings. I think that was Hinkley. oh the earrings. That was. Yeah. Uh, that was Hinkley. Yeah. All women in the church should wear simple one pair of earrings, no more, right? Well, this was the 80s that he's, when he said this, or mm-hmm. actually late 80s, I think, if I recall. I don't I'll have to look it up. Anyway, point is, women have been wearing multiple pairing, pairs of earrings, especially young women, for a decade, right? No instruction, no issues. This goes on for many years, and then all of a sudden, oh, by the way, God's will is that you only wear one pair of earrings. So she's in the audience, and she's finding herself taking off her earrings, <laughs> her extra earrings, while she's listening. Oh, my That's God. the level of brain control, mind control. Well, and God, you know, is a little frivolous, isn't he? Yeah. For, for an all-powerful being, how can something like that well, we we know what they were going at. The, yeah. We don't want you following the standards of the world. Yeah. And multiple earrings is a sign that you're, you know, maybe a little rebellious, a little, uh, trying to be a little too sexy, maybe even. Or too Something trendy. Like, yeah. yeah, trendy. And, too uh, worldly. Yeah. That was it. So, you know, why don't you just get your sackcloth and ashes and follow <laughs> us? So what else do we have that are the major issues, right? Blacks having the priesthood is a big, big one. Right? We talked about that a little bit. Um, all sorts of stuff that's very, very important. Not that the priesthood thing isn't. So things that we were taught, you and I growing up in our generations, the core doctrines, this is where the real problems begin. So... We were taught, for example, that to translate the Book of Mormon, as it says in the book itself, these things were prepared. So you had the gold plates that Moroni had hit up in the hill Cumorah in this stone box or whatever. And then you've got the sword of Laban that he buries with it. He buries the Leahona in there. And most importantly for the future, he buries the Urim and Thummim, which we are told later on uh, in the 1800s that these were two stones that were set in a bow, like a silver bow, like a pair of glasses. And mm-hmm. you would put them on, and Joseph and, would look through would those at to? the plates, and There's the characters of- would change into English for him, right? The item that had my curiosity was this breastplate. Oh, yeah. That's supposed to have been in there as well. This bow to Uh the breastplate so he wouldn't have to hold the glasses Uh somehow. And now he's looking through these seer stones. Yep. Um, How big is this breastplate? I don't know. 
So therefore, be, how big is that box? It's got to be pretty big. big. Yeah, big box. Damn big. Yeah, big hole. <laughs> so that just that one example, right? Evidence starts coming out. Heaven forbid, from historical studies, both by church members and non-church members studying that time period, and they find evidence that reveals that's not how it happened. He didn't use this Urim and Thummim. He used this stone primarily. There were like three stones total, I believe, that he owned over time. But the one he used the most was this stone that he found. It's a brown rock. It's not see-through that he found while helping his neighbor dig a well. He wanted the stone. Alvin and him both said, hey, can we have that? I think it was Alvin, could have been Hiram, whatever, it doesn't matter. Can we have this stone? The neighbor said, no, I kind of like it, it's pretty, I, I'd like to keep it. So they asked to borrow it later on, and he said, okay, you can borrow it, but obviously you got to bring it back. Well, they never brought it back. So they end up stealing this rock from their neighbor that they found while digging a well, and he puts this rock in a hat puts his face down in the hat so the light is all blocked out and claims that the stone glows as he looks at it and he can see the words on the plates and like, wait a minute the plates weren't even in the room most of this most of these times they don't exist and he's looking at a stone that he found in his neighbor's well at the bottom of a hat he's not using the serum and thummim that moroni buried that supposedly legion after legion of righteous followers of of God in the Book of Mormon were dying and bleeding out and hiding these things so that Joseph could have them. And he doesn't use them. And he doesn't use them. And so, Let me tell you a no quick plates, story. I, I no went to a post-Mormon group, yeah. and this guy that, from what I could tell, had been attending for several years, he had a hat, that mm-hmm. was a pretty close replica for the time period. Mm-hmm. And he, he spoke about, you know, the translation process, and he says, I have that hat with me today. Mm-hmm. And for, for those who would like to, I, I would like to have you come forward and go ahead and look inside the hat. <laughs> and what, he, <laughs> what he had done is he rigged up a little light in there, oh. which he which he pushed when he was holding the hat with his Little hand. trickster. And the light went on, and there was a, a piece of paper in there that said, Moron. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in other good. words, you're a moron for even looking, right. you know? Right. Uh, oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's my kind of, kind of guy, deal, right? There. Right? I, and I, I mean, was even shown this pictures. Stuff is so ridiculous. It, well, I just, was shown pictures in primary, right? The, the young kids' class. Which showed it showed Joseph and Oliver Oliver Cowdery sitting there next to the table, and there's the plates sitting on the table, and Joseph is looking at them. And the church used those kind of media props for decades. For the again, yeah. most of the life of the restored church, this this was yeah. the story. Now that this reality is coming out, they changed the story, and they're like, well, you know, he was using this rock. Well, it's the same rock that he was using to bullshit his neighbors and community members that he could find buried treasure. That yeah. same rock. 
So that's where the idea came from. Yeah, and, that's and the multiple idea. Multiple people were using such stones, mm-hmm. and treasure digging was uh, fairly common. Yep. People were destitute, and if you had a yeah. bad year with the crops, you didn't have a hell of a lot of other choices to make generate some kind of income. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did the, the uh, what was it, the ginseng? Was that it? They tried to sell, it was some root, was it mm-hmm. ginseng? Anyway. Yeah, but the they spent most one. of their time with occult objects. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Magic there's a lot of history behind that. And yeah. we can talk so, about some of that stuff, too, uh, in some later stuff. episodes, but the point again being with this whole thing this is what the ch- church teaches happened or this is the will of god and oops this is the reality and we could talk about a lot of things pertaining to joseph particularly the translation of the book of abraham which has now been shown as completely fabricated and so now the church teaches something it's never taught before so we're getting into this contradiction point again all the years all the decades that we grew up joseph literally translated the characters from these ancient egyptian scrolls into what we know now as the book of abraham that was the black and white facts the end and then we find out over time oops those scrolls a lot of the the text there has been translated and it's the Book of Breathing and the Book of the Dead that was regularly buried with Egyptians that had any kind of middle class yeah. or higher standard. And they they have found hundreds of these with other mummies now. And they say it. nothing about Abraham. And it's all bullshit. And so now the church says, well, he didn't really translate them in the normal definition of the word translate. We're going to change that to mean that just having this ancient scroll in his possession was kind of a catalyst. It got him in the right frame of mind, you know, ancient text, ancient scrolls. So now his mind was open to receive direct revelation from God, which so became he could more readily make it up. You mean? Yeah. Well, there's a problem with that, and this is where a lot of issues come in with regard to Joseph Smith stuff, particularly. And there's a bunch of non-Joseph Smith stuff too, by the way, but. Joseph himself kept a journal, multiple journals. He kept records. People around him kept records. They have written, Joseph himself wrote down what he did. And so the church says that he did something that he himself says he didn't do. He, very black and white, says, I literally translated these characters. I made an Egyptian to English alphabet. I, I translated it in the real sense of the word. And so for the church to say, no, he didn't really translate it. He got this direct revelation. Well, now you're disagreeing with Joseph. Well, I think there's a hope on the part of the leaders of the church Mm -hmm. that if enough time passes, we can just kind of, you know, which is not happening. Yeah, Yeah, just sweep it under the rug from generation to generation, although they rivet it into your mind to pass these teachings on to your kids, your grandkids. It's, uh, I listened to a statement this morning from Elder Uchtdorf, and he said point blank, "Well, the truth is, the truth is, many of the things that the brethren had taught were wrong." 
<laughs> I don't know the talk, and you can look it up. It's right it up. there. I was I was on Ex Mormon Foundation, and so now they're becoming more bold, like you said, with the CES letter and with what the hell are those letters they wrote? Uh, the essays they call them. Yeah, the essays. They're 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 trying to find uh, an impossible place where they can embrace both things. So, I mean. I got something here from Ralph Waldo Emerson. It says, God offers to every mind its choice between truth and repose. Take which you please. You can never have both. Very nice. You know, I mean, so I, I think the average member of the church with issues like these, because as we have this conversation, that's whom I'm thinking about. I'm thinking yeah. about those who are are grappling with these things, having problems with them. There's a huge group of people who will simply refuse to look at them. And and that's how they make it easy. They'll just choose this again, sweep it under the rug, just ignore it. Yeah, that's a real issue, but hey, church is true, so what the hell? We'll just keep going and now just try to not think about that little but there are several, as you know, which is where you and I were at one point. We were like, "Well, what the hell's going on here?" Let me look into and, it. Yeah. And you, you've got to, you got to look into it. And uh, <laughs> you know who Martha Beck is? I while I'm on a roll here, I've got one from her. This is an introduction to her book, "Leaving the Saints." She says, "They say that religion is for people who are afraid of going to hell." And spirituality is for people who've already been there. <laughs> and I'm, inter- I'm interested in, in spirituality. Not religion. And yeah. So it's, I'm finding, and of course, this is obvious, that those, for me, it was concurrent. My departure from Mormonism was concurrent with my delving into and embracing what, what I call spirituality. Now, that's, that's a huge umbrella. Um, and clearly, uh, my the importance is I'm making a distinction between the two, mm-hmm. um, and and so with with spirituality, you have to ask yourself what or who is God. So if you if you're having these issues with well, you know God sure acted this way in the Old Testament, and then He shows up through His Son Jesus Christ in the New Testament, and He's something almost completely different. Completely different. And so, and now he's this restored God from Joseph Smith, and he's doing all this weird shit over here. I mean, what's what's really the issue here? Mm -hmm. Am I schizophrenic, or is God schizophrenic, or maybe that's the place I need to be so that I quit asking all these questions? (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Um, And, and, Therein, you know, so why are we even talking about this topic? You know, you, and I think you're part of what you're saying, part of the spirit of what you're saying drives us in that direction, right? Why even bring this up? And for me, one of the biggest reasons to bring up this, and honestly, probably most of the other topics that we're going to discuss in this podcast, is to kind of just you know let's step back let's step back a moment let's look at 
all the facts that are available to us, okay, and, and we can measure those and send them through a filter of logic and veracity, right, etc. And look at what we have remaining and really ask ourselves, okay, putting things aside for a moment, like this concept of a testimony or emotions or feelings or whatever, let's try to step back and look at this practically. What does this mean? So this, in this uh, particular episode, is the apparent contradictions that come from God and from his leaders in the case right. of if you believe in the LDS faith, right? And so why would there be a contradiction? And doesn't your own faith say that there shouldn't be, that there are no contradictions? And so there clearly are. So what well, does that all mean? And, and for me, if the... all you get out of that is that it means, huh, I need to take a second look at what's going okay, on so here. Okay, so stepping back, you describe let's step back, yeah. and that, this has been what I, how I would describe my journey, is mm-hmm. seeing the big picture. But what happens with the Mormon, even when they think they're stepping back, they're being giving, given a map of Utah yeah. and being told it's a map of the United States. <laughs> oh, that's it's what that looks analogy. like? Yeah. Oh, God, I'm glad I backed up, you know, stepped back and got a better view of what the hell's going on. Now, oh, thanks. Now mm-hmm. I see. Mm-hmm. And, and no, you better back up. Uh, uh, and it's the willingness, see, and that's where the issue is. I don't, what if they're, oh, what if they're right? What if they're wrong? What if, oh, gee, isn't it just easier to just not do that? Well, hell yeah, it's easier. All that the human race has achieved spiritually and material, materially, it owes to the destroyers of illusions and the seekers of reality. That's Eric Fromm, by the way, but Fantastic I couldn't have said it better. Yeah. So this is my goal, and I know it's yours, destroying illusion. And I cannot, and you cannot do that for another person. In other words... I am not involved in this to change someone's mind, mm-hmm. but something I might say will allow them to change their mind for themselves. Excellently stated. Yeah. And completely it's concur. well worth the effort. You know, this is not effort. This is fun, actually. But Well, right. I completely concur with that, Dave. I think that probably is the best summary of why we're even doing this podcast. If we can bring things to the minds of the listeners that would help them, that would prepare them to make the choice to potentially destroy illusions, um, there, then there you have it. And that would be worthwhile mm-hmm. right there. And so that would also fan out to cover all illusion, which mm-hmm. would, you know, mean in any religion. We yeah. live in a in a world of lies. I don't want to go and get dark here, <laughs> but you know, it it really is. I mean, nine eleven is an easy one. How many people still believe the bullshit we were 
sold on that mm-hmm. story. Mm-hmm. And but and why why would that even matter? We're talking about religion right now. Well, that's that's exactly the point, though. How willing are you to even consider things? And and so is that the problem? The average human being doesn't spend much time in that area. They're told things. They're good little sheeple. Yeah. And and they're proud of themselves for following, mm-hmm. staying on the path. And this and is just, an interesting psychology. They're looking at another sheep's ass, by the way, while they're doing <laughs> that. <laughs> Excellent, right? That's the That's best what way you're to follow is have so, your nose up someone's ass. Um, and you're, you'll, you'll never yeah. get lost. <laughs> and you'll always know what they ate in their prior meal. It's a bonus. <laughs> So we're going to wrap yeah. this one up. We're at, we're over 32 minutes, and we're breaking our own official code of not making these too long for you guys. Um, but we we touched on a lot of interesting things in this conversation. Again, the focus of this one mostly, why the contradictions, and hey, that's problematic, and we ought to look at that and ask why that's the case if God's will is supposed to be consistent and eternal. Um, so much more to talk about with that topic. So we may do yep. a part two on this later. Um, but for now, thanks for tuning in. And we hope this conversation's helpful. And Dave, any parting words for our second episode well, here? Family home evening is at six o'clock. So <laughs> we expect you there. It is Monday when we're I'm, recording uh, this, by the way. Bring that- Green no, jello with it's the Sunday. Harrison. Oh, well, hell, we have it every night. <laughs> God, you're not very righteous, are you? <laughs> ah, man, you know what? You're celestial, brother. I'm sorry. Uh, you're you're kind of slipping, man. Yeah. Oh, wait, am I being judgmental? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, this is fun. You know, at some point, it, it's going to be fun to get comments and, and get some interaction somehow with this and um so. yeah that's the plan once we get some podcasts pre-recorded here we're going to post these and then we're going to create an area where listeners can send in questions comments etc so i agree i'm looking forward to that lots of interesting things we can discuss okay i gotta go stoke the fire <laughs> getting a little cool in here for hell so we will talk later <laughs> all right guys take it easy Talk to you later on. Peace out.